Hello, Acapella Radio. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Talk Acapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander. Joining me today, we have some wonderful guests from across the pond. So I feel like one of the great things about acapella is the way we just collaborate and the way we create videos and the music that goes along with that. And video has just been coming out of nowhere in the last few years. And it's just been growing. It's a part of every group's function, a part of every group's artistry. And it's something that we need to continue evolving and growing. And our guests today, they are doing it in such a cool way. They are collaborating with various individuals and groups and making some really killer music. And I am so stoked to speak with them today. Joining us from the Akala Lounge, we have none other than Jan Vigong and Jackie Uga. Close. <laughs> okay, so we went over this before the show, and I told Jackie if I butchered, I'm going to let her pronounce her last name. So, Jackie, please, for our listeners out there, please pronounce your name for us. Well, the German version would be Jackie Huga, whatever you want. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I forgot. See, yeah. we did all that prep and I still messed it up. I apologize, <laughs> listeners. That was all me. An artist's <laughs> name because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you guys for being good sports. You know, as Americans, we try, but we don't always succeed. I'm so excited to be speaking with the both of you today. I found the Aka Lounge online through one of the other projects I'm attached to. And I was listening to one of your latest releases and I was like, man, these guys are amazing. I love the purpose of what they're doing here. And we just need to speak with them to just learn more about what they're doing. And so if you could start by telling our, our listeners out there about some of your experiences in music before the Aka Lounge. Sure. I'm, I'm just going to start this okay. off because it's a bit of a journey to land in the kind of realm of a cappella when you're in Germany. So for anyone who doesn't know yet, we're both in this case from Germany, but the Aka Lounge is a project that collaborates with people from all over the world. And we don't have quite the college a cappella scene that you have over there. Mm, so actually okay. my first experiences with the choir were also when I had an exchange year in Salem in Oregon, oh, I wow. think in okay. 2007. And I had some amazing uh, choir directors in the high school and that was my first contact with choir music in general and the first realization that you can actually try to lead people in a choir and not just be the guy in the back but trying to match everyone else and that kind of evolved into when I was coming back to Germany joining some choirs uh, joining the school choir first then a local a hobby a jazz choir and after some years of studying in university the decision to change subjects and major in music as well okay and that's kind of the musical background that I come from I majored in composition and I studied two subjects in Germany, which is the way to become a teacher, basically. So I'm on my way to become a high school teacher with music as one of my subjects and a composition background, basically. Okay. And I'm curious, since you had some kind of a Western exposure as well as, you know, the exposure to the German side of music, is there like one noticeable difference when it comes to, I guess, the structure uh, of way we do music between the two places that you would say? Is there anything that stands out as you were learning? I would say there was, and I think there was more more than there's now. Okay. So the difference that I saw was the practical approach in the US that almost everyone had some, I mean, the US is a big place. So this might vary a lot from, I only saw one school, but in that one school, there was a lot of practical stuff that you could do. And coming from a, a kind of school in a town and going to one of the largest cities in Oregon, the school was 
also better suited to this. So, and what I mean by that is that we had a few hobby choirs and stuff like that in our school in Germany. And as opposed to that, we had like competitional choirs and marching bands that uh, accompany the footballers and stuff in, in the US. So there's a lot of infrastructure around having music and the sports and everything come together in the US that you don't have that way in Germany. But we're catching up in a way of some basically school class projects that make it possible to have more of a orchestral or jazz band approach in school, which hadn't been there before. So I think that the differences are kind of dwindling, but there definitely used to be some in my experience. Okay, wow, that's really fascinating. That's How about you, Jackie? Yeah, I might just like keep on going with that topic first. Like also was in the US for a bit, in Chicago for about a year. And for me, the difference was that in Germany, I always felt like things are really like structured and you sing from sheet music. And I got in touch with lots of classical music in my childhood and in my teenage years and it was all really it was on that page and you had to just sing it the way it's written there mm -hmm. and when I was in Chicago I was part of a gospel choir and a gospel ensemble uh -huh. and it was insane I just loved it so much there were like me and another guy we were the only two people in the gospel choir who had like sheet music because I was so used to it uh, I got used to not using sheet music and just going mm -hmm. with the flow and just expressing what I feel and get like more improvisational with music and I feel that's a huge difference like copying yes. music from a sheet rather than just expressing what I feel right now and that was a huge difference for me which I really loved yeah and about my background I feel like it I don't know there was always music in my life we have a studio mm -hmm. back home that my dad built and there were guys renting it out who did lots of vocal music like in my hometown there's like pop choirs a cappella choirs and a cappella ensembles and when I was maybe around 12 or 13 I just started to slide into this and just sing with them and record in the studio and then I started singing background vocals in bands and there was always like a cappella as well like I always loved singing harmonies I remember the guy who rented out the the studio he had sheet music for Christmas songs for like six different voices and I was like 13 and I was like oh I want that book I want to sing those arrangements he's like yeah but you know you can't sing them alone like you're gonna have like five people and I'm like I, I don't care I want this book and, I got it. and the same evening I got into my room and just recorded all the vocals and like obviously used an octaver for the bass and the baritone <laughs> and so on and send it to him same evening and at that time I just felt like that's normal that's what people do that's uh, yeah when I think back I was 13 you know I was like uh, I just sent him this arrangement he was like what is this what did she do like and then I got jobs as like a backing singer in bands and then after school I actually did an education in pop jazz rock vocals keyboards and choir conducting as well and then I went on with a bachelor in pop music design which is also was focused on, on vocals but also on songwriting so I always did my original music so that's a big part of that as well. But during my education, I all, always had the pleasure to be like in, in choirs, classical choirs, where we sang Mozart and stuff. I really, really loved that too, having that influence as well. And I always had my own bands and own vocal ensembles and yeah, but also big band background, not just a cappella, but yeah. Okay. I love that you mentioned that because with a compositional background as well, I had the same feeling. <laughs> that's just something you do, just creating your own music. That's kind of part of making music is really making some new music and just realizing that other other people didn't ever think about it this way or are just into making music that other people made is there's kind of a difference in thinking about it i guess i'm not sure where i'm going with this but <laughs> I, I, I i'm just sure that i know the exact same realization of creating something and then looking around and seeing others be like how did you do this and they yeah. all have the same kind of background the same tools accessible to them but they didn't think about just doing it themselves basically mm -hmm. yeah 
it's just, you know, just kind of just feeds into the whole idea of, you know, innovation and, you know, especially with art. And I'm really fascinated, Jackie, when you're talking about, you know, being a 13 year old and the, the interest that you had in terms of music. And I was just like, I don't know many 13 year olds who are dying to sing all the various vocal parts and, you know, just learn and engulf themselves in all the music. But also with both of you, man, it seems like you come from, you have a quite the background in music, at least, you know, from the, a young age and just how it's just kind of grown and progressed over the years. And that, that's really cool because I know a lot of people, may, they might start later. A lot of our guests, some of them did high school, some of them didn't really get involved in music till college. And I find it really great in regards to the conversation we're about to have that you all come from such a strong musical foundation. And with that, I kind of want to jump into the Aka Lounge, which is a really, really interesting project. And first, before we dive into that, I'm curious, where did the name the Aka Lounge come from? I can't even remember anymore. That's a good question. (laughs) That was a a really long conversation. I remember that. I I remember spending some time on the name and we're Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's a great name. It's the feeling of having a place to just come together and do something whenever you have the time. Okay. And that's kind of the embodiment of what the Arca Lounge is about. Because I try to get into bands a lot and mm-hmm. try to found a cappella bands a lot. Uh, and I'm in one of those attempts right now. Uh, and there have been several that have not made it this far. Uh, and there's always a question of, I, I guess it's with any band, there's kind of a question of getting lucky that you get the right people and the right mindsets and the right times of their lives. It's right. never really about finding people with talent because there's lots of people that have talent. And there's it's also not really about people that just match you personally perfectly. But you can have you can find the perfect people to work with that have the perfect talent for your project and they just might not be in the right set, time set uh, of their lives, whatever. And so you have to be incredibly lucky, I guess, to have all those all those feature sets lining up and all those settings working together perfectly to have a band that really takes off. Uh, and time was one of the essential things that always came into the way. Just having people that couldn't meet in a week because everyone had to do their essential things and studying. And the Arca Lounge is kind of a way around that in the way that you can just join in for a project and you say, this is have, let's say half a year or half a semester where I have some space to work on something and I want to join a project and then I don't want to have the a commitment to have to continue to do the project for the next few years anything so it's a way of collaborating with people that have the talents that you are looking for without committing to a project that you can't successfully see through. I really like that concept because you're describing things I've heard from so many other musicians who get involved with acapella. I know for me, uh, a lot of the members of previous groups, they were looking for something more as a hobby rather than it to be extremely mm-hmm. competitive in order. And instead of being this thing that's just going to catapult them to the next professional level, they just wanted an outlet at the end of the day. And I like how the lounge at least in the way you're describing it it kind of still feeds into that same purpose it's just you all went about it in a different way and so that's really cool i like that i like that little tidbit of information you gave so the online bio for the aqua lounge it mentioned tackling projects that were too challenging or inconvenient to perform live which is really <laughs> really interesting because i've listened to a lot of tracks and i'm like how in the world would a group be able to do that live and you guys are just like this is the the basis of everything we do it's just like we're not going to do them live and so <laughs> noting this was there a specific project that kind of kicked off the concept of this group? I'm not sure if it kicked off the concept, but Don't Start Now was 
really one of those things where we thought about what can we do with this that wouldn't really be possible and not just to do something that isn't possible live but to not be bound or held back by the idea of having to also perform it live i mean also the last project that we released it was hannah peels chloe that's kind of a synthesizer song that has just some lines running through it the whole time i can i could like pick out three voices of that and you would agree that there is no way that will be performed live because one of the voices is just one whole note the whole song just going <laughs> the entire song and doing nothing else yeah it's like two or three um voices that have no breaks in them and just go and they don't change ever and that's not something you would want to sing really and uh, <laughs> that's not something you would want to give anyone to sing if you like them <laughs> <laughs> right but it, it, it fits the song and it sounds beautiful and it just matches this kind of meditative state that the whole song is in and you want to have that sometimes and i feel like you really want to have that sometimes in acapella too and want to be able to create those projects and not think about who might this be who is going to have the black card to do this life and stand in a corner and just do the same thing the whole song while everyone else is enjoying themselves you're describing <laughs> so much of what i used to kind of have to experience in groups when with the rangers they were like you know what we're, we're going to give whatever's left over to the altos or the baritone you guys are just <laughs> filling the parts. We gave all the exciting stuff to soprano and tenors, and I was like, right. only my range was just a little bit higher. Same. But yeah. with those projects, you can now get a perfect solo for you and whatever right. voice you are. So I'm curious because both of you seem, and excuse me, I, I only know what you guys have kind of told to me about your backgrounds and music, but you seem like very skilled and talented musicians based off the projects that I heard of you. And Jackie, you were describing earlier, you at, at as being a 13 year old just ready to tackle the world and every musical arrangement that's out there i'm curious what was going through your mind when you joined this group especially knowing when you hear this kind of line of two challenging or inconvenient to perform live you seem like the type that would be up for the challenge to do something like that what kind of fueled you to be like okay i'm going to join up with this project yeah you got that right i think <laughs> so the moment i joined i think the aqua launch wasn't really like didn't have the shape it has now like it's a lot clearer now where it's going yeah. and i also remember Remember, probably I think back at that time Jan was still looking for some people who could stay in the project for longer mm -hmm. and I felt so sorry because like I heard some of his arrangement like a friend our, our friend James Rose uh, he basically connected us we actually never met in person Jan and me which is yeah. oh, have not to this day wow lockdown yeah so he connected us and he sent me over some of his arrangements and I'm as you said there's lots of arrangement as an alto you just on like barrage and you just sing stuff and you're like this is okay but this is not fun <laughs> and I heard these arrangements I was like, this is amazing. Like they're inspiring me. They were like, I think the first one we did was the black chandelier you sent me over. And I love that so much that it was like, I really want to take part of the project. But at the same time, I was like, but I can't really commit to like a long-term project because I'm doing like my original music and all that stuff at the same time. And I'm really, really happy it turned out that way. And I was able to join in and do that project with Jan because I think he's an incredible composer. Like just oh. listening to his arrangement is like... Yes, I want to take part of that. That's fun. And yeah, I just love challenges. I'm the person who spends like six hours in the studio, like for my EP, for example, to just figure out how to sing that one chord. And at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, I recorded one chord today, which is also the reason why everything takes so freaking long a lot of times. But I'm getting better at that. But it sounds great. You know, it ends up working out and that's part yeah, of the process. Yeah. So I'm curious with the Aqua Lounge, because I know we're going to discuss Don't Start Now a little bit later, but with the goal in terms of what you're looking to cover and maybe even and this taps into the future and expectations of the group later on but is it to be 
primarily the covers? Do you, Jackie, you mentioned originals? What's the aim that you all are planning or you're working currently on? We've been thinking about some originals, right? Like you've been. Uh, there's some originals in there. The first original that we that we released was Next Stop, which has kind of a convoluted name because it's okay. like Next Stop oversignifying Carlos Rides the Train. It's a fast-paced jazz song inspired by the real groups Pass Me the Jazz. And we got Darman Meter from the New York Voices to record the scat solo for it. Really? Wow, that's huge. It is. And it's part of a trilogy, basically. And the second song is in production right now. And we're okay. going to have some special guests for that as well. So that's the original side, basically. And there might be some more, let's say, pop originals in the future also. But we don't really think about, or me as I'm arranging uh, right now, but there's supposed to be more arrangers later and just people having their arrangements featured also. But when I'm writing, I don't think about, okay, I want to now do an original or anything. It's basically just the music that I want to make as an arranger or that someone else would like to make as an arranger, but they might not have the means to record them. That's kind of the outlet for it. Okay, so it's whatever it's kind of currently inspiring you at the moment, what you're feeling. Okay, interesting. I like that. I'm looking forward to that, that Dharma Meter project and listening to that. And man, I'm looking forward to all that. So let's talk a little bit about collaboration because this is huge right now in acapella. I think we've seen some groups kind of do it, but maybe not be as devoted to it as current as in the way that the Aka Lounge is is. So typically when you look at collaborative projects in acapella, you think of groups physically being in the same space location and like making recording. That's a lot of the videos that I've seen. A lot of college groups they'll meet to get up on campus, they'll do a video together. But it seems that collaborative projects from a distance is kind of becoming more of the recent development, especially with you guys. How does the Aka Lounge go about securing collaborators or will go about securing future collaborators? And what things do you consider when you're deciding who to work with? Okay, so we have a list. Basically, I wrote into the Casa group, which is now the Acapella Now group uh, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, I was looking for collaborators. And so we create, or I created a Google Sheets sign up sheet basically uh, and you can sign up and enter your skill set your vocal range and stuff like that and then there's another tab in that the sheet that lets you search for other people to collaborate with so it's basically a kind of a telephone book deal just for people who want to collaborate okay and then mostly i had so many people sign up for it that i am no way near having been able to contact all of them to even start <laughs> the projects. There's, I think, three to five projects basically in the works right now that are in various stages of uh, having the arrangement finished, having people join in, having videos and the audios sent to me. And there's also the question of who's going to do all the post-production. And I'm right. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. I've, 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 also, been, I've also been looking for people who can help with the, the video editing, with the mastering stages like that. As of right now, I've been fronting the project basically and what songs that I really wanted them to sound uh, amazing. I enlisted the help of some professional mastering engineers that the acapella scene knows and loves. But in terms of making the program self-sufficient and having everyone work on that, we're still looking for collaborators who just want to, I don't know, try something fun, try something new. We had some people that wanted to try new techniques in video editing and just wanted to go mm. crazy and saw the Don't Start Now video of us doing really a non-conventional video and wanting to join based on that. It's really supposed to be a creative outlet. And if there's any part of acapella editing 
or a production that's kind of your thing, then you're always happy to to just give us a message, give us a call, whatever. <laughs> incredible job. I'm, yeah, I just got to say that he's just insane. Like he comes up with video ideas and then he just pushes through. And if that means he has to write like plugins himself or like sit there for like three wow. weeks and cut like, he's giving me like three pages of take lists, just like yep. from this with the, light on the left side and then the right side and then from both sides. And then I would just send him over like 50 video files and he's just insane and incredible and it's just yeah i really gotta Aww. see that it's so, great when you have those kind really of people special. that can lead a project like that because i'm mm -hmm. so used to people that are like you know we'll figure it out on the fly and just like Aww. no it's it's a bit harder to do that yeah yeah and so, i'm really not that guy <laughs> <laughs> you like having everything planned out before you start before you hit go is what um, i'm hearing I, I, i try to it's getting mm -hmm. consider considerably harder the more projects you're trying to accomplish at the same time mm -hmm. and then of course if you have an amazing singer like jackie and you can just you can be mm -hmm. sure to just say i need this and this is what's going to be delivered and it's going to be right and perfect right she um, makes your life easier basically when yes you're doing this. there's i mean i never <laughs> had to terrible perfectionists yeah <laughs> That, that's interesting. I, I don't think there yeah. was ever anything where I would have to say like, okay, Jackie, let's do this again. It was always, hey, Jackie, mm -hmm. have you listened to this? Oh, I'm going to do this again. Oh my goodness. I've heard of like one perfectionist in a group, two at the same time. I'm like, I'm sure it, it obviously creates killer music, but that dynamic, it fascinates me is what I, is what I will say. Wow. That that is so cool. And man, I'm, I'm loving learning about this project. Unfortunately, though, we do have to take a quick commercial break, but I promise you listeners do not go anywhere. We've been speaking with Jan and Jackie from the Aka Lounge based out of Germany. And we have so much more we want to discuss with them, but we're going to take one quick commercial break and we're going to come right back on Tacapella. Every week for an hour, we hand over the keys to the station to, wait, is that right? The listeners? It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. Welcome back to Tacapella. That's right. We are back on the show. We've been speaking with Jan and Jackie, and they're awesome. I'm like, I'm dying here because I've just been having so much fun with the both of them. I love their enthusiasm. Man, this it's great when you have such energetic and just wonderful guests as these two. It makes my life oh, easier. Uh, and it makes the conversation so much fun and makes me super excited for Rapid Fire, which will be coming up a little bit later. But first, we've been speaking with them about their project, the Aka Lounge. The Aka Lounge is a collaborative effort that the both of them are involved in that they pretty much create music online through video. We were talking a little bit about the, the inspiration behind it. Some of it has to do with, you know, arrangements or the inconvenience of performing certain songs live. And just a, a lot of it also has to do with their environment where they're at, which is interesting because I want to actually touch base because Jan, you mentioned earlier about acapella in Germany which in the U.S., it's just like, it's thriving. There's groups everywhere. You got collegiate groups, you got high school groups, you have semi-pro groups, you got professional groups. And I'm curious because I know a little bit about the European scene when it comes to acapella, but as two individuals who are actually living in it, I'm curious on how would you describe acapella in Germany? What would you say about the culture, its appeal and prevalence? I would say it's pretty niche, Okay, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. So there's a large choir scene and I guess the yeah the choir scene is actually rather strong in Germany. So I would say all the a cappella stuff is being 
taken over by the choir or anything that a cappella bands would do in the US then in Germany it's more choirs that do it and there's some a cappella bands of course but it's not to the extent as it is in the US when you say choir are you talking about like classical a cappella or like pop no like modern? pop and jazz choirs okay I feel like it's like also connected to like music universities and music schools, like the a cappella groups. Like for me, outside of my music university, it was really hard to find people who wanted to join in. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like every normal school in parenthesis has like an a cappella group. It's really focused on people who study music and are interested in that specific field. And yeah, even when I studied the singing, songwriting and the pop music, I wasn't able to find an a cappella group because everyone was really focused on, focused on lead vocals and writing their own songs. It's so different to sing in a group and sing harmonies compared to being a lead vocalist and really yeah. having to have your unique sound in your voice. And, and there's also, I think, two, I think there's also two kind of styles in the sense that there's there's a lot of groups that try to be funny and go mm -hmm. into a kind of cabaret setting or style Ooh, and that i think that's if you if you ask the the average citizen of germany what a cappella would be they mostly would say such groups because we had one group that was really famous in germany or two i guess prinzen and the wise guys which were um, famous to the extent of being pop artists in Germany, let's say. Oh, wow, okay. It was um, a lot about the lyrics too, the lyrics they yeah. wrote in, in German and they were So funny. German lyrics for the most part, funny songs that played on puns, did had some kind of funny hook into them. Even if they were just a normal song, there was kind of some kind of gimmick in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So there, there have only been a few a cappella bands that really go for not necessarily a pentatonic style, but the more pentatonic approach of just doing pop music themselves and being a cappella as opposed to we are a cappella and this is funny because a cappella which okay. sounds meaner than it's supposed to be but i guess that's kind of the direction that it was before and the, that it's changing now so one of the examples would be on air which is a german group that really thinks about their production and works with a lot of guys all over the world to create their incredibly intricate albums yeah so it sounds like to an extent even in germany it still has that element a cappella has that element of kind of that novelty aspect to it because i know that's something that it's always been a, a conflict i guess with acapella even in modern times is just how do you get away from it being that novelty act and it sounds like at least to some some aspect you all are have had to deal with it in germany when it comes to acapella yeah okay that makes interesting. I'm, I was curious about that because I'm like, we've, we've spoken with guests from the UK before and they seem to mention a few of the things that you're talking about. They said it's really big in the universities, but outside of that, you don't get it the way that, you know, we have it outside of, I guess, post-collegiate way that's yeah. really interesting we're missing the collegiate scene basically yeah hmm. so uh, any acapella band that i know that uh, arose from something or m made something of themselves let's say arose from something like a specific music school or a music university kind of a college and yeah I, I don't think that that any of those had ever had a collegiate acapella group but there's a lot of university choirs and from those choirs there's acapella groups that form themselves but it's always smaller groups so we really don't have any groups to the tune of 25 people with a microphone we have oh, choirs okay. with 40 people on a stage okay smaller acapella and that i think is the big difference in there and that also is the difference in having people that are soloists 
as opposed to people who are just in the choir and just want to sing stuff with other people as a hobby or creational activity. There is one choir though, and like the guy who's in the studio here, he's doing the project Greg is Back, which is a oh. pop choir. And they no all way, have their own oh. microphones. <laughs> and they're like, it's it's really unique. Like, I don't think yeah. there's another choir somewhere in Germany, um, no. but he's doing that. Like he started it years back. It's amazing. Everyone has their microphone. And you don't know about this at all. There you go. You should come visit. This <laughs> pandemic is over. It's really cool what he does. Greg is Back yeah, is it the is. name of Wow, that is so interesting. I'm curious, how often are you both exposed outside of the Aka Lounge to acapella music? Is it something that you listen to regularly? You you seek out at all? I'd say for me, it's more than regularly. More than okay. It's for me. It's probably not. I'm not listening to acapella on a daily basis, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's always part of what I do. Sometimes there's a bigger focus on it, and there's like weeks where I really focus on it or sing in a project. Uh, sometimes I'm really focused on like band music and writing originals. But yeah. It's always been a part. So. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I know everyone has their different levels and their different uh, interests when it comes to that. Which I think this is a, a great point now to start talking about Don't Start Now. So <laughs> this is such a cool project. And I, I don't use cool, like I, I need to use a better word than cool. But I, I'm, if it's cool, it's cool. So with Don't Start Now, it's such a wonderfully fun track. And it features a mm-hmm. creative video. We were talking about the video a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. In the comments about your track, the recorded acapella review board stated your ability to fill out the majority of the background to sound like a full group is no small feat. Jackie, oh man, I'm going to say Jackie's lead vocals. vocals. Let me say that. I don't want to butcher your last name again. I apologize in advance. I'm going to study how to say that. There's an artist name, which is Ken Lop. So if that's easier for you, K-A-N-L-O-P because of exactly that problem. Well, I apologize for not getting this right, but Jackie's lead vocals are powerful and present throughout and she blends brilliantly with her own harmony tracks showing her prowess in the pop singing sphere what a statement so let me start here why this specific song it was fun if there was a moment where i just sang along dua lipa songs and was like oh that's actually fun we should do one of these and then it was just like yeah okay i'm gonna write an arrangement and then we just did it i think it was just yeah. like a yeah it, it was a, a mixture of just wanting something that is actually fun from the charts at the moment because the like the billboard charts aren't really all that funky and jazzy in the sense that I would want them to be but that's just me so it was one of the chart songs that we actually really liked and then also it's one of the songs that I felt would be quite a challenge to fill out and make work in an acapella setting without just falling back onto shouting ass every time and making mm-hmm. it loud and that was kind of for for me it was the challenge of arranging it and then of course it, it was a song that was just in the charts so we were thinking of exposure and then it was her vocals that we knew could make this track work hmm. is dua lipa the the type of music you all are normally listening to is that the style of music that you really enjoy or is it just one of those songs just like man it's too good not to be you know fascinated i think for me it's the letter i'm not a huge i, I don't listen to the the pop charts in germany a lot actually i do yeah. like uh, more like indie music like jamiroquai hiatus coyote like more freaked out stuff right so, yeah. that's fair that's fair i'm like there's plenty of songs i'm just like i would probably not listen to you know the the full discography of a certain band but that one song yeah. i'm there with more and yeah don't start now it's just one of those songs it's <laughs> one of those yeah it's a great song edge, yeah yeah i'm like yeah. they play it all the time and i haven't gotten bored with it at all which is really great so for you, I'm going to kind of go to Jackie real quick. For you, Jackie, you did such an incredible job of bringing the energy and appeal to such a 
popular, extremely popular and well-known song. As an artist for you, is there anything in particular that you're looking for considering when you're deciding what songs to lend your voice to? I think for me, it always has to inspire me. Like if I feel like a spark and I feel like I want to engage in that, I, I do it. If it's something where I feel like, oh, it's just a job, I just it's a nice song, but I'm just gonna... Mm -hmm. I think the heart is really important for me. Like what I also learned when I was in America, that it's really about wanting to express something. If it means something to me and if it's if it's just fun and enjoy to sing it, then that's already good. Yeah, I get that. It has that's... to be an emotion for me. So right. Yeah, it has to be that connection yeah. for you. Yeah. And I, I know some people, they just love a good challenge when it comes to music, but then others, oh, like you're saying. Like <laughs> Dirty Loops songs, they're fun. Oh, man. <laughs> Those are some complex arrangements right there, Dirty Loops, there man. Go. That's some great I music. I recorded some for the for the one choir. I can record training tracks for that one choir here in Germany in in Augsburg, and they did a dirty loop song. And what to to record like the soprano, the mezzo, like all the female vocals for the training tracks. No, I'm fun. jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. My goodness, you guys are so cool. This is awesome. So. I wonder now, let's talk about the, the video a little bit because the sound is great. And for listeners, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to that track and go watch. It's incredible. We were talking about the video a little bit earlier. What inspired that visual concept? Because as you mentioned, there were a lot of cool and unique elements that were going into it that you don't see in every, you know, your typical video. What inspired that? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Or were you uh, just kind of trying to play around? As you, you were mentioning, you know, sometimes you work with people that just want to play around with different effects. Probably that too, right? I know that we both kind of like wanted to do something that is not the typical acapella video, yeah, exactly. something different. And then you came up with that weird idea of glue, duct tape all over our bodies and then just <laughs> yeah. go crazy and dance in our rooms. And I'm just going to like different <laughs> I, colors I, and lights on the, where the duct tape was. I had uh, seen a, a short meme video or something of some kids, I think, that had those glow sticks okay. and they created kind of a, a human figure on their clothes with the glow sticks and then danced in the dark. Yeah. And I thought about how we could create that kind of feeling and make it kind of disco in that way. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure it worked as a means to go disco, but I, I definitely feel like it got the point across that we were trying to achieve there. Mm -hmm. And we landed on the concept of using green screen technology and Chrome basically in a kind of reversed fashion as to not blur out the background with it and have the green be replaced, but be the green actually that that's going to be the color. And then placing green spots on our clothes and dancing to that. We have a educational content video about the about how we filmed it and how we post-processed the video. And you can see in there the raw footage of us just dancing yeah. in front of something that isn't green <laughs> with some green spots on our clothes and looking like complete fools and so just having fun. fun. Was, especially because my neighbors, I have like three windows facing in one direction and my neighbors <laughs> can always see what I'm doing. And I would just like shake my booty in like a black dress with like green dots on. They're like, like, what kind of party is going on over there right now? But that's uh. also what I love about like Jan ideas. It's, it's always special and it's always mm -hmm. fun. It's like something new. It's really cool. Yeah, and that's, that's interesting. That's, I think it's a perfect segue because I want to actually ask you about your creative process. So at the end of the video, you mentioned that the project took months to to put together. So yeah. what's that process like for you all from inception to releasing that final product? Well, it starts with the idea and then there's some stuff and then there's profit. <laughs> oh, man. You're great at like just summarizing all of this perfectly. I'm like, yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So first there's the arrangement. I have two processes for that. Either I work in Sibelius 
and just start creating all the all the structures and the chords and uh, do everything in Sibelius. Or I start it in the piano and basically start singing to it and creating the lines and writing horizontally, just singing line for line for line until there's some kind of structure and then the chords change by some, some lines that I've thought of and it kind of works itself out in that way. One of those approaches will then result in me having to either re-record or for the first time record it in the to make the practice tracks or guide tracks whatever and then i will usually give out those the, the sheet music and the guide tracks with some roads in the background or something to record to and a click uh, and have people record to that and i think okay. it was pretty much the same thing in this case with you jackie i'm pretty sure you had a guide track to record to that was a road yeah. and a click and something like that and probably some shame tuned vocals that i pre-recorded in some high really places good. i love them <laughs> what are shame tuned that's a when you do your first mm. run through through the arrangement and check that everything works and then you want to send it to someone who has to really record it and you listen back through it and oh. think like i can't really give them this what a run through of hammering everything exactly to the to the pitches and try to prevent the shame of having them listening to your spit takes <laughs> with this process is i guess when you were looking at the music I guess Jackie and listening to what Jan was kind of conceptualizing here was there a lot of back and forth in terms of maybe we could do something differently here or are you one of those people that normally the music that you're handed it kind of works with what you want or do you do a lot of edits or what how do you find kind of engulf yourself in that process so in, in general, I think it's both for me. Sometimes people give me stuff and I just get inspired. I feel like, hey, we could do something like that. I tend to get really creative as well. But like with, with Jan's projects, I think they're already so well arranged and sound so good that I was like, yeah, we're totally going to do it the way you did it. Like there was no need for me to jump in. Like it's just, he does an amazing job. So it was ready to go pretty much. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's perfect. I have some, I distinctly remember having in Don't Start Now some extra lines that I didn't put in oh, and they were named. I, I remember you having recorded a, a soprano on top that was like named the ultra hyper mega Lydian soprano or something like that. There's always something, uh, there's definitely communication in general and she will record something and send it and, and be like hey is, is this okay or had this idea so there there was definitely some of that but in also in the terms of trying to efficiently get something done and knowing that we had to still do the videos and all the post-processing it was more of a, a rigid time scale time frame that everything went through so then when we get the or when i get the the vocals I tried to mix it, then tried to mix it again, and then send it to Dio, who mastered it. And we started at the same time on the videos. And mostly all those projects work the same way of trying to get the audio in, then editing the audio, getting one audio file out that's kind of a pre-mix or a, an early mix, and having people record to that in order to get all the timings right. Okay. And then you want to have the, the pre-mix or whatever you gave them with a click loud when they record so you can align it everything in the in the video editing later and then you have this this kind of set of overlapping time frames of people sending in the audio and you working on the audio while they're sending in and then they are some already sending video while you're still finishing up on the audio and then yeah so a lot of it's, moving it's parts yeah a lot of moving parts a lot of stuff that just moves around when someone failed to meet a deadline or just had didn't have the time for something or if i fail to provide the the, the right stuff for them to be able to record that doesn't yeah. sound like it happens often because you guys are perfectionists right you'd be surprised <laughs> so kind of looking at 
the the result of Don't Start Now. You you got the the accolades from RIRB. You got the views on online. And I'm curious for the both of you, what does it mean to have listeners and fans just respond positively to the art that you're creating? Because I know that I don't know if we take enough time as artists to just sit back and just reflect on the music as we should and just I don't think you need necessarily need to look over all the comments and everything that people say but people do respond positively to acapella so I'm curious what are your thoughts on the way people have been responding to what you're doing all right I think it's a big part of being an artist too that like giving something to people that also means something to them like for me obviously as a singer as we talked about it's important that it means something to me when I record something and it's a beautiful feeling to to see that it it is something for other people too that it brightens their day or that they enjoyed it or i think that's really a big part of being an artist and expressing yourself that's really re- rewarding obviously so it's really mm-hmm. cool to see people share it and enjoy it and yeah i like that i like that yeah because music is just you know it's for everyone at the end of the day you know people that's creating it as well as the people that enjoy it Jan, did you want to add anything to that or i, I think i tend to fall into the trap that some composers i guess do of thinking really theoretical about a lot of stuff and not being in the moment often enough. I think you get what I'm saying, right? The, the, the kind of listening to something and always being analyzing the song and always there's always something taking everything apart in the back of my head when I'm listening to something. And I've had trouble to just find artists that you can just listen to and then space out and five minutes or half an hour later, you notice that there was something you wanted to do and you just clicked on that video, but something happened and now you're here. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't happen often enough, I think. And so that's definitely, I agree with the point that you made that sometimes we just don't take the step back to actually realize why we went into this and how it's being received. Yeah, it's so easy to be like hypercritical as musicians of like mm-hmm. what's going on that you forget that, man, there's there's an elation that comes from music that, you know, sometimes it just, that's all you need from it. You don't need anything else but just to sit back and just let it engulf you and surround you. With about the last minute we have, I'm curious, what's on the horizon for the Aka Lounge? You know, is there an album, bigger videos, more collaborations? Obviously, there's more collaborations because you mentioned a, a long list of people. What can you tell us about what we could expect? expect coming up i don't <laughs> great things like that. yeah i get it <laughs> not about future i think that there's not really going to be an album i think we're just gonna try to get a project running that's not dependent on me per se as a person that does everything which is which has been the way that it and I'm trying to get to the stage where, where there's enough people to yeah, be self-sufficient in the sense that there's always someone who has some time and wants to collaborate on something. So there's always people who can work together with it. If my dreams were to come true, this would evolve into some kind of community hub for arrangers and people who want to record, okay. uh, who can just meet on the platform, which isn't a real platform, but like the platform of the Arca Lounge to get some creative outlets uh, out there and publish music. Also, it's a bit egotistical in the sense that I really was looking forward to becoming a teacher and knowing that I wouldn't have enough time to commit to a, a lot of projects. And I wanted to have some outlet myself to be able to still output stuff and not have to record the soprano myself. So there's there's also <laughs> this self-serving aspect in there. Nothing wrong with that. I, I get... loves your soprano. Oh, but I, I love that. I love that idea. I love that, that message, that feeling of creating opportunity for 
artists to create art. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm so looking forward to what you guys are, what you have coming up next. On that note, we do have to take another quick commercial break, uh, but don't go anywhere. We've been speaking with Jan and Jackie from the Aka Lounge based in Germany, and we're going to continue speaking with them right on Talkapelle. Justin Glodich has done a lot in music, directed a collegiate group, performed on a reality TV show, and now he's in the classroom as a music educator, and he's got a show all about it. Aka Education focuses on how to bring contemporary acapella into music classrooms, and you can hear it right here, Thursdays at 7 p.m. East, 4 p.m. West, and again on rebroadcast Sundays at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. East, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. West. It's also part of the Acaville Podcast Network at podcast.acaville.org. Thanks for joining us back on the show. What an amazing time I've been having today with today's guest. We've been speaking with Jack and Jan from the Aka Lounge, uh, a really cool collaborative video project based out of Germany. And man, go check out their videos is all I can say. They're doing some really cool things. They're getting the community involved, which always helps. And they seem to just like really enjoy and love what they're doing. So you can't ever be mad about that. So Jackie, Young, we have our round of rapid fire questions. I got one question. Yeah. Are you guys ready for rapid fire? Yeah. Yes. That one was easy. Unfortunately, that wasn't one of the questions, but nice oh. try. But I tr- I will promise to do my best to make this as painless as possible, but no, no promises. Here we go. Question number one. What is your favorite non-acapella activity? The rest of music? Photography, film, um, working with clay, everything that is creative. Yeah. Anything creative. Anything. Okay. I do anything creative, yes. All right. <laughs> Good at most of it, too. Uh, yeah, I can believe that. I'll, I'll take your word on that for sure. And Jan, you're sticking with every other music besides acapella? Is that? Yeah, is that basically. What? I think music's the main thing for me. And I, I dabble in uh, some photography and video making but and some programming and stuff like that. But that always serves a purpose. Awesome. All right. What's the worst job you've ever held? I've been really lucky. I don't think there's a really horrible job that I ever had. I, the worst one was waiting tables at a bowling center, and it wasn't that bad. Oh, okay. That sounds like it could be fun, yeah. Thinking. I I'm, I know there are really bad jobs, probably even within the field of music where, like, you're the band. Oh, I remember well, I was playing a show with a band. It was, like, a huge company, and they booked us, but somehow the people didn't like us. So after the time of the show, they just came backstage and were like, can you just go home? Just, like, use... Oh, wow. Like, Goodness. And just go home. <laughs> so that was, like... Oh, um, my God. But I try to do things that I enjoy, so... Wow. I'm shocked to hear that. So Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> okay, I'm like, there's no way that was an Aqualash project, for sure. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite dish? Pizza. Pizza? Nice. Good choice. A lot of stuff. I think it d- depends on the day. Like, there's some varying things I really like, but I just love cooking and exploring new things on a daily basis. I cook, like, three, ta- three times a day. And really? A lot of and stuff. she gets my mouth watering, too. She sends me the, the most oh. epic pictures of what she just did. And I, I always get, She's like, teasing this. you with those videos of yeah, food, I man. I get you of some epic dish, and I don't get to eat it at all. <laughs> I like to decorate my plates as well, even if I just eat on my own. Because it's fresh and I made it and like, yeah, organic, that kind of stuff. Man, once again, I'm jealous. I'm jealous here. All right. Who would you say is the most difficult artist to cover is? Jacob Collier. Ooh. There's, the, earlier you asked the question about some artists that you really just want to sing. Mm-hmm. I have the opposite list. I have artists <laughs> that you're allowed to cover and some songs and artists that you're not allowed to cover. He's basically... He's at the top. Just, you're not going to do I, better, so why even bother? I hear you. There are some artists out there, they just should not be touched. Yeah, I get yes. it. 
I'm with you. Great, great answer. All right. What TV show are you currently hooked on? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, interesting. Okay. I don't watch a lot of TV shows, I gotta be honest. I watch lots of videos about cameras and, and food. <laughs> like tutorial videos and stuff? Yeah, like lots of tutorial videos. And like, okay. I just like learning new stuff on a daily basis. I find new hobbies on a daily basis. And that is the truth. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't really watch TV shows. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Perfect. All right. What movie has the best soundtrack? I love oh. Sweeney Todd. Ooh, yeah. good answer. Das Boot. Oh, yeah. That's a German a German film that has a director's cut of, I think, four and a bit hours. Oh. It's really long. It's about a submarine at some point in some of the wars. I'm not quite sure. And it has to endure a long journey. And it's a bit claustrophobic. And it has a really haunting melody. And once you've heard that melody, there, there's always going to be a time in your life where you just have that melody stuck in your head again. It's, I don't mm -hmm. think it's the greatest rendition even of that song or melody that's in the movie, but the, just the melody alone. Is, yeah. Okay, I definitely need to check this movie out. Okay, adding it to the list. All right, we have one question here that always pops up on Rapid Fire every week, and we have to ask it. Cats or dogs? I'm allergic to cats. Oh, oh. Oops. Same. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to go dogs. Okay. Yeah. We got dogs. Dogs yeah. all the way around. We can yeah. all stay friends. That's cool. Oh, this was a hidden. <laughs> Bring one pass, thankfully. Awesome. All right. What's one place you'd love to travel to? Oh, I'd love Jackie. to go. To Jackie, yeah. You should come over, right? Where can I even go? Can I visit my neighbor? Is that allowed or is that illegal? I'd love to go to, to go see Canada and Toronto. I've never been there. And I have a friend there, Danny Fong, who I'm also cooperating. He's from the acapella group Accent. And we've done lots oh. of collaborations by now, but I've never seen him in person, just like Jan. And I would love to go visit him. That'd be cool. Oh, Visit Chicago again because I haven't been for like five years or so. Yeah. What about you? I, I oh. said you. Yeah, oh, you're serious. I'm not a, a places kind of guy. I've never, and that's changing the older I get, but I've never been the, the one to stare at the landscape and just be happy that you're at some place or something. I've always tried to be able to do something and just standing around watching a city is not something that I can be able to creatively do. <laughs> so I've always been about doing stuff more than being somewhere. And that's changing the older I get. Yeah. I think going somewhere yeah. to meet people. Yes. Awesome. All right. So what's the best advice you've ever been given? That's tough. As a perfectionist, <laughs> probably that it is good the way it is already. Like, like for me right now, it's really a mantra that like I'm human and I'm allowed to make mistakes because I've, I've been so used to trying to, to be perfect in what I do. And I think it's, it's also important in a way I, I, I wouldn't do the music I do if I wasn't that terrible of a perfectionist, but it's really a learning process for me to show my humanness and allow mistakes and be emotional and having like a note in that is not perfect, but is emotional. Yeah. Great. That's great. Also like asking for help and reaching out. Yeah, we don't do that enough, so I'm with you on that. How about you, Yeah, I don't think I can put a finger on it. I'm a bit overwhelmed with the question. I, would, I, th I think something like, it's okay, tr just try something and, you know, don't just, there, there's always some way to look up how it works. Just try it and then mm -hmm. fake it till you make it. But that's, no, I don't think anyone has ever said that. I, you know, I can agree with you right there. I've probably said that fake it till you make it to myself at least 20 million times in my life. So I'm with you. All right. Final question. We had to make it a music question, of course. Who is the greatest singer of all time? The 
one who feels what he's singing or she? Cool answer there. What a cop out. I, I think like Beyonce is definitely like on a technical level. She's like amazing what she does technically. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say there's like one singer that is the one. Everyone has their own sound and I think expression is the way to go. And that could be someone who's totally unknown somewhere in, sure. I don't know, South Africa, who's just like a cra crazy expression. So, yeah. I understand that. I get it. All right. What about you, Jan? Are you going to give us a philosophical answer or, <laughs> or just say Jackie? Yeah. Just say Jackie. <laughs> I, I should, but she didn't want to visit me. So I'm not going to. <laughs> I think for me, it used to be Seal. I'm not sure anymore because I've switched from thinking about the singer to more about how the song is, what the song is saying and how the song is structured and how it's written. And I'm, I'm just going to weasel my way around to saying that I really like Theo Katzman writing songs. And okay. he might not be the greatest singer. He's a great singer, not in that way, you know, but mm -hmm. he might not be the answer to the question who's the greatest singer, but it's one of those songwriters who I'm right now really keen on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my mind. What is it? What yeah. is it? Yeah. My mind. Yep. Great song. Oh, yeah. She's definitely feeling it. I don't listen to enough of her music. I need to listen to more. Yes. I will do that. But that's such a great, uh, yeah, and you made me think of something. I'm like, it's interesting. I think that that at least that question of greatest singer or whatever, it can also, it comes down to, you know, music does something differently to you yeah. depending on what stage of life you're in as well. Yeah. What I used to be in and what I used to find so valuable and so uplifting and emotional music when I was, you know, 18 or whatever, so different than where I am now. So it's, it changes. I get it. It's like with, with a series of television or movies, mm -hmm. you can go and watch some movies or a TV series that you watched when you were a child. And you can watch those again and again over the over your lifespan, basically, and always get something new and a different perspective out of them. And I think music works the same way. Agreed. Agreed. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for that round of rapid fire questions. That was, that was wonderful. I really enjoyed that. We always like to end the show with a little bit of tradition. We always like to ask our guests if they can give something to our listeners that they can walk away with. And we do that in the form of advice. So we ask both you, Jackie, and you, John, if you could offer some advice to our listeners, what would you say? I'm just going to say, don't be afraid to just write anyone. Because I've I've tried to get Jacob Collier to collab with us. I've tried to get Dharma Mita to collab with us, and it worked. So there's I've written a lot of other people too. So don't be that guy who just writes a weird message. But if you really have something that you are eager to share with someone, just don't be afraid to try and don't expect to get a reply. But be happy if they do. It might just work. Yeah, I'd, I also say like reach out and like use the community. I think one of the most beautiful things in the Acapella community is that it is such a big community. Like you're in America right now, like we're in Germany mm -hmm. and people know each other and support each other, which is so beautiful. So just get yourself into that and yeah, text people, reach out. I love it. Wonderful advice. And I can't help but to just think about for some reason during that advice, the, the, the famous phrase from the magic school bus just kept popping into my head. Take chances, <laughs> make mistakes, get messy. And yes. so yes. thank you guys for that beautiful advice. If our listeners wanted to learn more about the Aka Lounge or maybe even learn more about your individual projects, where could they go? You can go to our web pages 
I guess. I have the weigang-music.de and Jackie, you had a webpage and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, website. It's uh, Jackie Huger. So it's J-A-C-K-Y-H-O-E-G-E-R.com. There's like uh, my music, my photography as well. But you can also just look for like on, on Facebook, Instagram, Jackie Vocals, J-A-C-K-Y. And then there's the artist name Ken Lop, Jackie Ken Lop, which is my original music. If you're interested in that, there's going to be some new stuff popping up this year, I think, which I'm excited mm -hmm. about. So... And if you're scared of spelling all of that, then just go to the Aka Lounge on YouTube and see a video with Jackie in there and check out the description. And that should give you some <laughs> links to pop off and start your journey into her life. Perfect. Thank <laughs> you. Because as the listeners could tell, I struggled from uh, pronunciation and names earlier. So I will be doing anything I can to just go check out whatever websites or YouTube I can. So be sure to go give Don't Start Now a, a listen and a watch. Great video, great content. And as they said, go follow their individual pages. And man, there's so much more on the rise in the comment. We can't think. We also want to make sure that you go follow Talkapella. We have a Twitter account, Talkapella, two Ps, two Ls, and then go check out our website, talkapella.org to hear previous episodes. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex. We want to thank our guests so much from the Alkaline today, Jackie. You guys have been incredible. It's been great learning about what you guys have been working towards and just the way you've been building up the community aspect of acapella just around the world really so it's been great learning from you all and speaking with you today yeah, yeah. thank you so, thank much, so much for having it's... us such a cool experience yeah. so cool oh, to meet pleasure. you well thank you guys very much <laughs> on that note we want to make sure that you be sure to go give aquaville radio a follow they are the wonderful platform through which we stream the show through you can find mm -hmm. them on all the uh, social media channels as well that's going to do it for today's show for everything else stay tuned